So we're going to think together this morning about uh, these um, couple of uh, readings, but particularly of the two parables. And um, I'm just going to uh, just going to um, uh, pray as as we begin. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it has challenged us and continues to challenge us. And we pray that now as we come around it, you would help us to understand both what it means and what it means for us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're continuing to uh, look at um, uh, different parables that Jesus has taught and to uh, try to uh, sort of uh, grasp them, understand them, uh, and, um, uh, and to see what they might be saying to us. And uh, we're reminded in a very uh, simple way this morning, uh, as Alison mentioned, that um, some parables are long and some parables are short. Uh, last week, we, we looked at Luke chapter 15, and we looked at three parables, uh, the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. And, uh, and particularly the lost son is, is, is one of Jesus' longer parables. And um, those three parables take up an entire chapter uh, of Luke's gospel. Whereas this morning, uh, the parables we're looking at are, uh, are really, really short. We actually get um, two parables in three verses. And, uh, uh, and uh, we're going to spend a little bit of time on these, on these verses. On the face of it, uh, these two parables seem perhaps a bit obvious, uh, a bit predictable. Um, you could even be forgiven uh, if you've heard them many times, perhaps to, to see them as, as a little dull, certainly not in the sort of Premier League of, of Jesus' parables. Uh, we have the man who finds a treasure, a, a merchant who finds a great pearl. They go away. Uh, they get rid of everything else and they have that thing. Um, after all, isn't Jesus always calling people in the Gospels to follow him, to find themselves in uh, his service and to give up everything to come and be with him? So aren't these parables just another way of putting all this? Uh, treasure, a metaphorical treasure, a metaphorical pearl, somehow representing the kingdom or the gospel or Jesus and the people, um, sort of the, the, the characters in the, in the parables, give up what they have to get this thing of great value. Everyone's happy and job done. And we can move on to what comes next. But of course, the thing about parables is that they are rarely as simple or straightforward as that. Part of the reason that Jesus seems to speak in parables is because he wants people to ask questions. He wants them to go back to him and say, what does this mean? Why do you speak in this way? You might remember those, those strange, almost ironic verses that Jesus says when the disciples go and ask him about the parables. And he says that he speaks in this way so that people hear but may not hear, see but not perceive. In other words, Parables ask questions and they, they call us to go a bit deeper into them. It's part of their beauty and their power that they rarely fit into neat boxes or categories. They should make us scratch our heads and think. So what do these couple of parables ask us? What do they make us think about? Clearly, 
here there are stories about value, about what is precious. And there's a sense of value which is surprising. It was unexpected. The man uh, looking in a field uh, is not necessarily um, uh, trying to, to search for that treasure. Um, uh, he's, not, um, he's not going up and down with a metal detector. Um, we don't, we're not told why he's in there, but, but clearly this is an unexpected find. The merchant is, is not expecting to find this, uh, this one of great value. He is he's looking for pearls, as he presumably always does. But there is something in this which is of great value and something which is surprising. They have stumbled across something so important, so valuable, so precious, that it is worth anything and everything to get. They find this thing and then they sell everything else to get it. So actually, these are not parables of sacrifice. You know, the, the well-known story of the rich young man who comes to Jesus and says, Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And, and, and Jesus looks at him and loves him and says, go give all your possessions away to the poor and come follow me. That's not what's happening in these parables. The man who's found a treasure in the field goes and sells everything he has so that he can buy that field. The merchant sells everything he has so that he can buy this price, but this, this pearl, this pearl of great price. This is not about sacrificing. It's not about losing. It's actually all about gain. It's all about getting something of infinite value. And the two characters in these parables decide to use all their resources, everything that they have, in order to get either the field with its treasure or the pearl of great value. These two characters, in effect, say, I am all in, all in for this thing of ultimate value, even if it completely redefines me. And it's interesting to note, and I, and I wonder whether Jesus had a twinkle in his eye when he told this parable, that the merchant in particular is not behaving by the end of the parable like a merchant anymore. A merchant tries to buy as many good pearls as he can in such a way that he can sell them at a profit. Buying one of immense value is not good practice. It's not good business. Because he's at best, he then has to find somebody else who can pay a similar price for this one great pearl. Or, at worst, he is no longer a merchant. He has stopped trading pearls because he has found what he has always been looking for. He, is, he has found something of ultimate value which will now redefine him. No longer a merchant, now a man who has found what he is looking for. Something that is so wonderful 
so rich, so precious, so valuable that he is prepared to sell everything else to get this one thing. So these parables begin to ask us deeper questions. They ask us, how do we feel about the kingdom of God? Does it feel like a sacrifice? Does it feel like a set of losses? Does it feel like a set of things you have to give away in order to get this thing? Or actually, is it a thing of great joy, of great delight? Is it the thing that is worth everything? The thing of ultimate value that brings with it joy and delight and fulfillment and the end of the search? How do I view the kingdom? How do I view the gospel? How do I view faith in Christ crucified and risen again? Is it about pain and sacrifice or is it about joy and gain? And secondly, I think the parables ask us another question and they say, what is my pearl? What is my treasure? What is the thing of ultimate value to me? The thing that I would sell everything else to get. And the consistent and, and, and somewhat disturbing witness of the scriptures is that if we search for this thing of ultimate value in anything else other than God, however good or worthy or beautiful or desirable or expensive or widely acclaimed it may be, it will never ultimately satisfy us. Ultimately, we will still be left hungry and looking, as it were, trailing through the shops, looking for the pearl of great price. Now, please, please don't misunderstand me. I, don't, I am not saying that Jesus doesn't want us to enjoy our blessings. I think he does want us to enjoy our blessings. And if you are blessed with a home, garden, family, a car, a barbecue, possessions, a dog, a football team that's just won something, if you are, if you are holding some of those blessings, then I am sure that God wants you to enjoy those blessings. But if we make those blessings the thing of ultimate value, then suddenly we are making them into things that they cannot be. They cannot fulfill us ultimately. You'll forgive me for using a somewhat extreme example, but it's not so very long ago that uh, Caroline Flack took her own life. Now, please, don't, again, don't misunderstand me. Any untimely death is a tragedy. And for those who knew and loved that human being, that is, of course, a tragedy. But looking in from the outside, there was a person who had everything. Fame, fortune, physique, popularity, wealth. Everything that our society says we need and we should have. And when desperation came knocking on the door of her life, none of it meant 
anything. What is my pearl? What is my treasure? What is your pearl or your treasure? The scriptures challenge us to say that if we can make the Lord God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, our pearl of great price, that for which we would give everything, because it is a joy to know him. It is a delight to have him in our lives. If he can be our pearl or our treasure, then everything else begins to fall into place. As Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Or in the words of the banner in our church, which I was looking at again on Tuesday morning as we had our, our hour and a half of open. In Psalm 37, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. What is of ultimate value to you? This parable asks us, what is of ultimate value? What would you give everything else for to get that one thing? Because if and when that is the kingdom, the gospel, Jesus himself, then life really begins to make sense. Amen.